Hello, and welcome to the Jewish Women Entrepreneurs Podcast, where we will speak about three of my favorite topics, women, Jewish identity, and leadership in business, so that we can understand what it means to be a Jewish woman entrepreneur in today's world. Every week, I will bring you episodes with guest speakers, life coaching, book reviews, and success stories to inspire and empower you to be the greatest version of yourself. My name is Natalie Garson, and I'm your host for this podcast. I am a successful Jewish women entrepreneur, the leader of the Born to Do Business Global Community. I live in Jerusalem, I have an MBA, and I'm the CEO of the Born to Do Business. My passion is to empower purpose-driven women entrepreneurs from all around the world to grow and scale their business, aligning cutting-edge business strategy with deep personal growth so that they can continue to love what they do while being hugely successful and have a great impact on the world. But let's dive in today's episode. episode of the Jewish Women Entrepreneurs and Leaders podcast. Uh, we are still in our special Support Israel uh, series. Unfortunately, we're still in war, and so we're still, uh, we still need support. And what we have decided in the Global Network and the Jewish Women Entrepreneurs Leaders podcast is to focus on Uh, giving support to uh, business, small business owners in Israel or to show stories, to showcase stories on how um, small business owners are actually helping and found ways uh, to, to help in this uh, very difficult time uh, that we're going through here in Israel. So I have with me today on this episode, Gabby Fachler and Melissa Goldwag. Hi, Gabby. Hi, Melissa. Hi. Hi. I'm, I'm very uh, happy is not the word. I can't say I'm very happy. That's not the word. But I am. Uh, I think it's a very good idea that we're having you on the podcast because, I mean, we've known each other for a long time and I know your business and I, I've been interviewing you on all kinds of different platforms. But today is different. Today, uh, we are going to share uh, with uh, everyone who is listening how you are able to use your business and what you do to actually make money uh, to help uh, people that we are in need and how you were able to really focus and put all your strength and energy to, uh, to help those who were in need. So first, before we start, just tell us what you do uh, so that we know how you were able to uh, translate all this into uh, helping uh, people in Israel. Okay, so we're the co-CEOs and founders of Pack for Israel, uh, which is an all, all-in-one uh, website where parents of gap year students can shop for their children's needs. So when they get to Israel, they might have a package waiting for them that's filled with blankets and pillows, toiletries, and all sorts of things that they need for their dorm room. So that's the background where we come from. Right. And before we even go into the business, I, I even forgot to ask you if uh, I know that some people from abroad are listening to us and they're probably wondering, like, where do you live in Israel? How long you've been in Israel? Do you have kids? Is everyone safe? Like all those basic questions. So can you give us a little uh, background on how long you've been in Israel and is everyone safe around you? 
So we're in Modi'in, Israel, uh, which is exactly between Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Um, almost if you put a ruler on the map, we're halfway between the two. Um, we are married to each other and we have four children, ages 10 up to 19. Uh, the three younger ones are living at home and our oldest son is doing Shevut Lumi uh, in Jerusalem. Uh, we are relatively safe. Physically, we're safe um, for the most part. It's been quiet and we hope it stays quiet here uh, and, of course, all over the country as well. Of course. And and you, Melissa, are originally from New York and Gabby is from South Africa and you've been in Israel for? Uh, 24, 25 years. 24, 25 years. Okay. So let me start even before we go with, uh, you know, how you were able to uh, to help so many people, where were you when the war started? Like, how did it catch you? Where, what were you doing? And we, we all know it was a Shabbat, but uh, how uh, how did it happen for you, uh, you know, when the war uh, broke out? So I was walking to Shul early in the morning. I was going to an early minyan on Simchat Torah. And I started, we often hear, we have like... Um, the Kipat Barzal, the Iron Dome, not far from us. So we hear when they're like, so I heard a few little booms and I thought it was just like more rockets, which isn't great, but okay. Not okay, but you know what I mean? Like sort of, uh, we uh, unfortunately we get a bit immune to it. Um, and then as I was in Shul, we started hearing more and more. And the news just slowly started filtering in that this is not an ordinary sort of missile thing. This is worse. And as the day got by, we just, some people were turning on their TVs, even though we live in a predominantly religious community. And we started seeing kids getting called up. We were like walking through our parking lot and seeing neighbors saying goodbye to their kids as they went to uh, be called up for Miluim. And it just kind of hit us like a like a log as, as these things started coming. It was just totally unbelievable, not something you'd at all dream of in your wildest nightmares. I think also uh, the information we had until Shabbat was over was very piecemeal. I mean, when I woke up at eight o'clock, I was a little bit later. One of our neighbor, who's a, who's a policewoman, was going around and telling people to get their mamad, their safe rooms prepared because there could be sirens and there could be, you know, because usually Modi'in is very quiet. So it's, you know, we don't usually just have a siren in the middle of nowhere. So she was letting people know that stuff was going on. Um, but as Gabby said, like over the course of the day, we started getting a little more and a little more and a little more information until we really found out, um, you know, for the extent. the extent of it on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that it wasn't uh, easy to to see all that. And so you you hear the news, uh, uh, you understand, you know, as much as possible the the extent of it, and then how do we go from the war isn't, I mean, Israel is at war to what can we do to help? Like, can you take us back to your process of, you know, we are almost victims because we are, you know, we're a potential, we can be in danger, us and our families, uh, and, and to switch to how could we help? What can we do? Can you take us back to that process? On how sure. So, so two, things, two things kind of happen simultaneously, which, which lead to this idea. First of all, the initial reaction all around Israel is absolute shock and horror, as you know. But at the same time, there's this push, there's this, these volunteer efforts just spring up like the next morning, basically. 
um, where the WhatsApps are just teeming with like, we need food, we need blankets, we need this. And I keep, and so every so often I'd see like, uh, we're looking for like towels for an army base or toiletries. And it occurs to me that we have this stuff in our warehouse because this is the stuff we're selling to um, kids coming to Israel for the year. But at the same time, I'm thinking we can't like afford to empty our entire warehouse right now. So hold that thought. Then maybe it's still the first day. A few hours later, we're chatting and we're saying, you know, we really need to write something to our customers. Just tell them we're okay. We have a big customer base that we're in regular contact with on email. So maybe we should email them something. And then in a kind of an aha moment at the same time, those two ideas come together and say, yes, we need to communicate with them. But what if we actually bring them into a fundraising effort where they can essentially cover the costs of spreading out whatever we have in our warehouse to whoever needs it. Um, and that's where the idea is born. Wow. Yeah, I, I think by Sunday night already, we were we had sent out our first email where we described, Gubby wrote it because he does a lot of the writing, describing how we were feeling, which was really very shell-shocked. I mean, we were expecting it to be, you know, the morning after two weeks of vacation, the kids were going back to school, everybody was going to start their new their routines again, after all the holidays, which is what we generally do. And all of a sudden, we don't know what to do with ourselves. Like, you can't think, you don't know where to look, you don't want to watch too much TV, but you want to make sure you know what's going on. You want to check on all your friends, but you actually don't want to talk to anybody. You know, you know who's going in, you saw some people, some of our friends, a lot of our friends are too old, but they're children. Children and that sort of thing. So, you know, so, so there's all these things going on. Um, but we send out the first email that Sunday night where we say, listen, friends, um, you know, you guys are amazing. Your customers, your children are here with us in Israel. This is what happened. This is how we feel about it. Um, and we've decided to start a donation fund. We've seen at the beginning it was a lot about toiletries. Um, you know, all these men and women have gone out to fight literally with the clothes on their back and they don't have enough bottles of shampoo. I mean, they didn't have enough deodorant. They didn't have anything because no one really knew what they were going into at the beginning and they left quickly. And I think there were about 350,000 people who went in in the first couple of days, um, which is a lot of extra people than is in the standing army. Um, and the response, the first response was amazing. I mean, over the first night, I think- About a few thousand yeah. dollars. We, we didn't know what to expect. We basically, we, we have an advantage in that we, when we get an idea in our heads, we often act on it very quickly, sometimes too quickly, but, but this was <laughs> this was good. So we got a few products up, which were basically just, you know, placeholders for people to donate. So we sent out the mail. We said, let's see. And the next morning we wake up with like a few thousand dollars in the bank for this purpose. At the same time, a lot of things come together as well because we have a guy in our warehouse. He's like in, he's probably about 20 years old, but he's, he was mobilizing in his city where he lives. He lives in Beitari Lit. And he was mobilizing a whole lot of volunteers there, making connections with different army bases who needed stuff. So we were able to use him as sort of the person to deliver the stuff and to tell us where it's needed. And one of our neighbors doing the same thing. So we had these contacts and we knew exactly where the stuff was going to. And as the money was coming in, it was going out in in the shape of our toiletries, towels, um, electrical appliances, you name it, um, wow. going to the people who needed it. So, ju so just to make sure that everybody understands, your clients are not in Israel, right? They're mostly in the U.S., 
they have their kids in Israel in all kinds of programs, year-long programs. You write to them an email saying, do you want to help Israel in times of need, help our soldiers, help families, and, and you'll give us examples of people you've helped. They actually bought products, so made actually a, a purchase online on your website but did not receive the product. The product was in your warehouse and you found ways to get those products to those who needed it, whether you had drivers or I think, Gabby, you drove it yourself as well to different places where people needed it. Is that is that how, how it happened? Exactly, exactly. And and also the, the cost that we were taking from the customers was really to cover the cost. We weren't making a profit on the items. We took a bit of handling expenses, but the idea was to cover the costs of taking whatever we would buy from the suppliers and get, put it in the hands of other people who needed it. So your clients donated the money, you donated your profit, and the people uh, that needed it, the, the soldiers, the people in, in uh, the reservists, the, the families, they actually got the products that are basically first necessity products, right? You're yeah. talking about toiletries, things that people need every day, right? Is that... Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and the amazing thing is also that it's kind of the kindness brings kindness. So the guy in our warehouse who we usually use and, and charges us for all these different services, he said if it's for, for this, he's not charging either. So there's kind of a lot of people contributing at the same time. Wow, wow. And so, I mean, I don't want to spoil, you know, I, I want to hear some specific stories, but can you share already uh, the number, like the big number of how much money you raised and obviously it wasn't money that you gave money but you this money helped buy things for the soldiers but do you have i know i, I left with one number i don't know if it's the same but how much what's the total amount that you were able to raise so as of right now it's close to twenty one thousand five hundred dollars um which is you know over eighty thousand shekels which is a tremendous amount of money from our base of customers i mean of course there were some friends and some families that also put i think natalie you even gave a donation to our fund um but for the most part we're talking about our customers and even some of our strategic partners that we work with um so it's really been a huge response um and and the most amazing thing was that we were able to turn it within 24 hours into goods it was really very much i'd wake up in the morning and we'd say okay how much money do we have and then we'd say you know it's sick in the warehouse what do you need today and he'd tell us and our neighbor what do you need today and then we'd kind of scramble around figure it out and one of these things I kept saying to Gabby, I feel like God's just helping us as well, because it was always the right amount of money for the things that we needed that day. So we never had to go into our own deficit and feel like, well, we're putting out money, but we don't know if we're going to get it back. It was like really like, you know, yesterday was a small day. We only needed two hundred dollars and that's what we had. And it's been it's been really amazing that way as well. Wow. Wow. And so tell us more about the people that you helped. I know it was Chayalim, reservists, families, Chayalim meaning soldiers. Tell us, uh, you know, specific stories of, uh, of people that you've helped. 
So I'll tell I'll tell the first story and Gabby will tell the second. Um, on the first day that we I went into the warehouse because they said, well, we don't know what you want us to do, you know. So I said, okay, I'll come in. And I basically started, they said there's units of soldiers that don't have toiletries. And I said, well, what does toiletries mean, right? Because that could be anything. It was really basic. So it was shampoo and it was conditioner and it was deodorant and it was women's hygiene products um, and toothpaste and toothbrushes things like that. And I went into the warehouse. I think you were with me, Gabby, right? Uh, Gabby, I, and the person who works in the warehouse, basically we cleared shelves. We have we have shelves going up to like a really high ceiling and we just were clearing them one by one and saying, you know, we had to leave enough for the orders that we have opened to be able to cover that. But besides for that, we would be leaving, you know, 60 orders on the shelf and just clear out the rest. And there could be, you know, anywhere between another six to 150, um, you know, just clearing off and going into boxes. So that was kind of what we we did. Um, and then Itzik took it to his distribution center and they made packages for wherever they knew what, where, what was going to where. Um, and then he, he gave us feedback afterwards. I mean, we got a little bit of pictures, but the feedback of how he came to a base of women and he opened up, you know, the women's products that we had. And he said they were all crying. I didn't know what to do. Like they were all just crying. And here's this 19 year old guy uh, who's Haredi. And he's, you know, he, I don't think he's never, he said he's never experienced anything like this in his life. And at that point I said, I want to meet some of these people also. So I think that'd be you can share a story of when we actually met the people. Yeah, so so some of the we live in Modi Inn, and so some of the people operating Modi Inn had had stories about or or needs that were coming from more locally. Um, so we learned of a woman who lives in uh, Sterot, um, and they were they were holding out without electricity and what they were really in bad shape for a which while. Is, which is in the south of Israel, yes, which was attacked. Yeah. A, a lot. Um, and then one day the mom's house was hit directly by a, uh, by a mortar. She survived, thank God. Um, but the, this person just decided that she upped and left. So there were an extended family of 13 people um, moving to a brother who lives in Modi Inn in like two rooms. Um, and so someone came to us and said, they, they're coming here, they have nothing. They, you know, they, they just left the house you know, in a hurry. So we were able to, for the 13 of them, provide 13 blankets and 13 pillows and 13 sheet sets and 13 towels, towels and, fleece, and blankets. fleece blankets, like the whole... Whatever they asked for, we were able to give. Just to kind of deck them out completely. In there. And... Uh, you know, and we met them. It was it's very difficult because the she was like you know a shy woman. She didn't want to kind of be in the spotlight. And that she also she didn't was, want to be taking. She was very clear that it was embarrassing for her to be getting some you know things. But you could see she was kind of visibly shaken. Um, and but she still found the energy to kind of write us a WhatsApp and thank us also because she knew it would help. Um, like recruiting with the other funds and stuff. So. And also two of her children wrote to thank us, like a, like an 11-year-old and a 13-year-old, just thanking us so much for, you know, just coming in, just giving them this stuff, um, you know, with no questions asked. And it's it's amazing. I mean, it's important to say, Melissa, you, you mentioned the 350,000. I mean, it sounds, you know, it sounds weird when you say that, you know, civils like yourself have to, 
provide toothpaste to the army, right? I mean, it, it, it shouldn't be like that, obviously. Uh, but we are in a very, very, very special war where, like you said, 350,000 reservists were recruited. And like you said, all, not, the army cannot provide. And that's where the nonprofit and people like you are coming and, and really, really, really helping with such basic needs. And the people that were moved from the south and the north now uh, also find themselves, uh, even if they're in hotels, sometimes they find themselves with... Uh, uh, a lot of things lacking. And so I find that your initiative is so amazing that um, you are you were able to use your platform, your business, your warehouse, your logistics and everything that was in place and turn it around so fast. And I want to ask you one last question. I know that during these times, I myself and a lot of people have a hard time focusing, concentrating, working because so much is happening. And I want to ask how this initiative helped you in your day-to-day -day in the last two weeks? how What change that has it given you to be able to focus on that? What, uh, what impact did it have? Well, I would say that for me, especially at the beginning, it was the only thing I could focus on. So when you have a purpose and you're driven by the purpose, so I had to make sure that these soldiers had their towels or this family got some kitchen appliances. It wasn't a question. It didn't feel like work. It was really a different, a totally different thing than my regular work, what we do. Um but I think it was a very good bridge. And I'm not saying we're finished, but the donations are coming in slower and slower now and the needs are also changing. Um, so we don't even know what people are gonna need this week. You know, it's changed already several times over the past few weeks, um, but it definitely helped like bridge the difference between like, I'm in a war and I'm shocked and I don't know what to do with myself. And, you know, to find meaning in your own business I mean, we had our kids were running out and one was baking cookies and one was running out and making food packages and one was drawing pictures and one was, you know, driving things from one place to the other. I don't think personally I would have found that satisfaction in those things. It wasn't, you know, working with food is not for me and, and that sort of thing. But to be able to like do it within your own place and to kind of work the um, the different connections that you have, whether it's a supplier or a warehouse or, you know, whatever it is and, and make it all for the good. It's, it's, it, it really helped to kind of bridge, um, you know, the beginning of a war to, to the third week of the war, I would say. I think that we also, it felt like by giving our customers the opportunity to contribute. So, it, it, you know, there are lots of people asking lots of people within Israel for money. So, instead of hitting on the same people, we were able to bring in kind of a new source of income and also allow our customers to feel that, you know, they, they wanted the help. They wrote, a lot of them were writing amazing notes, like in the orders. Um, so I think that was, that was uh, like a nice part of it. And I think when you're so, especially in those first few days, when you're so consumed with what's going on here, it was hard to actually take anything else seriously. Do you know what I mean? I, I, you know what I mean? So, so allowing, allowing ourselves to stay within that zone, but to be doing something helpful in that zone, I think, you know, gave us the energy to, to keep going. Because like when you're in that zone and you're thinking like, how am I going to sell this t-shirt to some guy? It seems so mundane. I mean, now, you know, obviously we're all learning that we routine is healthy and we have to get back into the routine, but it was definitely a good way to, 
sort of channel our energies, do something positive and just and, and stay alert with our business. And I'll say one more word that even when like we had a few regular orders that came in, but everybody also ordered a package, you know, for soldiers. So it was, you know, it wasn't like, uh, oh, we're ignoring everybody was on top of that, you know, in terms of that, like, and you're like, oh, great. Uh, I have more money. Like, like, you know what I mean? I've got my Excel sheet. I make sure I know how much money there is. Um, but even in those regular orders of like, my son's not comfortable. He needs something for his room or my daughter needs another hair dryer. There were still, there still have been and still are those donations, those donations as well. Amazing. I love it when it's like a win, 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 win. Like everyone is, uh, is winning. And at the end of the day, $21,500 is really not a small amount. And you've helped uh, hundreds, if not thousands of people. So um, this, is, this is just amazing. And, and you've helped yourself also go through this by, like you said, channeling. And you've, and you've given your clients also an opportunity to give and to feel uh, that they're, you know, donating something uh so it's an amazing story it just is an amazing story thank you so much i i wish we didn't have to share but now that we have to i mean now that it happened uh i'm so glad that um that you have been able to uh, rise up to the occasion and to really uh use your business for such a good cause so thank you so much uh gabby and melissa for sharing Um, I think that we can still put a link uh, in the comments below for people that are listening or watching us if they still want to donate as long as uh, we are in a war. Um, there is always place to give. Uh, and, uh, and we will continue in the, the Jewish uh, Women Entrepreneurs and Leaders podcast with more interviews of uh, initiatives that are helping, either helping small business owners or uh, initiative from business uh, owners that are helping the, the, the war efforts. Uh, but this was an amazing example of how we can really do good with our business. Thank you, Gabby and Melissa. Thank and you, Gabby. That, uh, that we're going to hear very good news very soon. Thank you. you've enjoyed this episode of the Jewish Women Entrepreneurs Podcast and I'm looking forward to seeing you on our next episode with more amazing and inspiring content and discussions. You can visit my website www.nataliegarson.com for more information on me and our Born to Do Business program and don't forget if you are a purpose-driven entrepreneur you were probably born to be a leader.